Upon my honor, one, I will develop my life for the greater good. Two, I will place character above riches and concern for others above personal wealth. Three, I will never boast but cherish humility instead. Four, I will speak the truth at all times and forever keep my word. Five, I will defend those who cannot defend themselves. Six, I will honor and respect women and refute sexism in all its guises. Seven, I will uphold justice by being fair to all. Eight, I will be faithful in love and loyal in friendship. Nine, I will abhor scandal and gossip, neither partake nor delight in them. Ten, I will be generous to the poor and to those who need help. Eleven, I will forgive when asked that my own mistakes will be forgiven. Twelve, I will live my life with courtesy and honor from this day forward. By adhering to the twelve trusts, I swear to partake in a living quest in everything I do. Hello and welcome back to Upon My Honor. I'm your host, Justin. Today we're going to be going over the fifth and sixth trust of chivalry now. Upon my honor, I will defend those who cannot defend themselves. Trust number five. I will defend those who cannot defend themselves. In what ways can we defend others? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is intervening in situations where bullying occurs. People, especially children, should not have to live in fear. Uh, There are many career options that offer opportunities for defending and helping people such as the military, police services, social work, the field of medicine, and emergency responders. Uh, But we can find opportunities in less obvious places as well. Shielding a coworker from workplace abuse, preventing a customer from making costly mistakes, even when you might benefit financially, remaining sober in potentially dangerous situations, reporting crimes to the authorities, contributing to worthy causes, discouraging gossip, uh, refusing to act like a bully ourselves. And in a wider sense, we defend others, most of whom we never meet, by building a better world. Chivalry offers each of us a path to do exactly that. A knight is someone who stands up for others, defending those who cannot protect themselves. They teach others the skills needed to navigate the challenging situations they will find themselves in. Most often, though, a bold stance is all that is necessary to protect yourself and others from verbal, physical attacks and abuse. A little note of caution, though, however, make sure you're not doing anything or engaging in something that's bigger than you or that it's uh, larger than your skill level or your uh, capability. Defending others is not only a physical act. The goal for a knight is to bring others to a point where a more capable and inspired person is born. Their most potent weapon is a drive for wisdom, a wish for peace, compassion and love for others, showing mercy whenever possible, and understanding that there is more to all things than what one can see at first glance. One could say that the primary job of a knight is to bring hope to others. Hope is the beacon in the darkness, the buoy in the sea of despair. It is a realization that the world can improve, and that we can improve, and that things can get better, and that things can change for the better. We bring hope with our presence, our actions, our words, and our intentions. Whenever someone sees a knight, they should be filled with hope that whatever darkness they face, 
external or internal, can be conquered. They should know that a knight will aid them in their, in their hope for and guide them towards a better world. One of the most powerful things we can do for others is give them hope. A knight can do a great many wonderful things in this world, but to give others hope is amongst the greatest. We do all this by teaching people and guiding them, showing them a pathway to success, by being that shining example of what one person can do to change the entire world if they try, if they put forth the effort. When others are tired and weary, show them a new way. Show them that there is more than one solution to most problems. Show them that you care and that you are devoted to their success and survival. Teach them courage by showing them how to overcome fear. Offer them mercy by giving them a hand up. Guide them to have faith in themselves by teaching them how to find who they are and what they are truly capable of. Be generous in your words towards them and with your time spent on them. Help them realize justice by judging them fairly. Be the example of nobility in your dealings with them and others involved. Do these things and you will have given them hope. The goal for a knight should be to bring others to a point where the knight is no longer needed and a new knight is in that other person is born. From the Chivalry Now website, uh, in the article, uh, I believe it's called the 12th Trust Extended, as it relates to trust number five. I will defend those who cannot defend themselves. Rising to the defense of others, we find the commitment that most reflects the knightly call to action. Here we find the warrior spirit at its finest, a heartfelt impulse of the true warrior to protect and serve a particular community which could be as small as a family or as expansive as the world itself. Perhaps the words of Sitting Bull expressed it best. The warrior is one who sacrifices himself for the good of others. His task is to take care of the elderly, the defenseless, those who cannot provide for themselves, and above all, the children, the future of humanity. To what good is a warrior's strength to the human species if not to protect the helpless? The simple truth is, as we work to define and develop who we are, we sanctify our strength and abilities and values when we apply them for the good of others and for humanity as a whole. We sanctify ourselves as creatures of moral commitment. Here we inject the kind of purpose and meaning into our lives that earned respect throughout the ages. So-called warriors or bullies who fail to achieve that commitment give the warrior arts a bad name. Our time on this earth is limited. Why waste it on selfish ambitions of mediocrity or on cheap distraction? Why not live life directly instead? with the enthusiasm of heroic purpose? Why angrily stir the debate of dead-end issues that only serve to divide people when there is good to be done waiting right before us? When we use our abilities for the sake of fairness or eliminating sorrow or safeguarding lives, we reap the personal benefits of having meaningful purpose in life. Doing so completes who we are, bequeathing a sense of fulfillment that otherwise escapes us. Strength is a temporary power that should not be wasted or misused. Its purpose extends beyond personal gain. Those who are strong are responsible to use that strength wisely for the sake of justice and the betterment of all, or civilization crumbles into chaos and war. In this way, the ongoing cycle of generations protects the future's well-being of humanity from those who would sacrifice everything out of ignorance and greed. Greed as a form of ignorance, not so much of the intellect, but of the workings of the soul. The attributes of this kind of warrior include... An intensity for life that responds with energy and resolve to act when needed. A desire to perfect oneself for the benefit of all. A determination to protect one's family, neighborhood, nation, and world. Doing one's best in everything. Being true not only to oneself, but to others as well, resulting in honesty, loyalty, and integrity. Fairness and the willingness to stand up for what is right, even when everybody else is against you. 
idealism infused with reality, a sense of duty greater than one's own need or safety. As is true for each of the Twelve Trusts, the mandate to defend those who cannot defend themselves has far deeper meaning than the simple words of the Trust convey. You can find that article and the hundreds others at shiplerynow.net. As far as the Fifth Trust goes, I'll leave you with this. Training and practice go a long way. The more you train and practice for potential situations, the better your confidence will be in your abilities. When you are confident in your abilities to act, courage will be more accessible. Be persistent. Do not give up on the things that matter to you. An accurate measure of courage is not how hard you fall. It is measured on how well you get back up. Fall 10 times, get up 11. Have faith in yourself. Having courage is not the absence of fear. It is being afraid and choosing to stand up to it. Fear, doubt, and hesitation are the killers of men. Remember your training. It will serve you in a time of need. Know that when the time comes, it will be helpful to you. Courage does not come from haphazard actions. Courage comes from the position of right action, a trained mind, and a trained body. Trust your training. Trust in your beliefs. Most importantly, trust yourself. The Sixth Trust. Upon my honor, I will honor and respect women and refute sexism in all its guises. From the article, Twelve Trust Extended. The world we live in is entirely different from its medieval roots. Most people today believe in the equality of the sexes. This, however, does not deny generalized dif differences. Indeed, there are a wide variety of differences within each gender and within each family. No two people are alike. Chivalry now recognizes the importance and value of everyone as human beings. The proper response to gender relations is one of respect and partnership. As one self-described feminist put it, chivalry now is the counterpart of feminism. It liberates men and boys from counterproductive ideas that have hampered gender, gender relations for years. By replacing the image of the dysfunctional male with something more admirable, as the Twelve Trusts encourage, relationships will naturally improve and everyone will benefit. The original focus of Chivalry Now was on awakening men, hence our first book's subtitle, The Code of Male Ethics. Since those early days, many women have joined us and we welcome their participation on an equal basis. In this regard, the message of this trust seemed too limited. We therefore recognize in the spirit of this trust the rejection of all bigotry, be it racial, sexual, ethnic, or religious. It is as much a mandate for women to respect men as the other way around. It is time we put questionable ideas that work against our truest values behind us and move on. The world awaits us to meet our moral obligations in the way we live. The title of the book, of course, is Chivalry Now, The Code of Male Ethics. Uh, if my wife or one of my daughters were to pick up this book off my desk here and read it, what value could they find within it? I originally wrote the book for men. Uh, during my years in social services, I was appalled by the attitudes of many of the males I interviewed. They often seemed completely detached from their responsibilities as men. The women usually kept their families together and well-fed despite major obstacles. In this regard, they seem to better reflect their moral instincts. Many of the men, not all of course, were not only emotionally immature, they purposely shirked their responsibilities. They would even brag about it. They often lived off of the women who received welfare checks, which still amazes me because the money they received was pretty small. That's when I realized that our culture was failing to teach these men how to be men 
how to be husbands and fathers and good employees. While welfare programs are necessary, they do nothing to compensate for cultural uh, deprivations. And so the problems continue. Now, as Chivalry Now gained an online audience, many women expressed an interest. While Chivalry Now was meant to be a male counterpart to feminism, its focus on universal values and personal development also related to women, and they were responding. Uh, by then, of course, the book was already titled and in the process of being published, but our online community quickly included women as well. Indeed, some of our best exponents are women, and we are stronger for having them. I trust that your wife or daughters would find an advocacy in chivalry now that expresses their moral instincts as well. It was, I would say at the very least, they would know what uh, to look for uh, in a man. I would hope that I exemplify that for them, uh, for my daughters sure especially. You, <laughs> you know, I, I that there are days where they test me, but <laughs> but um, you know, I. Uh, my wife and I had had talked about this at different times, and I've talked with with people about it over the years. And you know, they they would say, uh, "Wow, Justin, you're kind of tough. You're kind of tough on 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 your kids. They're just girls." And and sure. I would say, "Look, yeah, I would say, look, um, I have to be the shining light for them to look up to." Um, and I'm not trying to make men out of them. However, what I am doing is, is, is exemplifying a, an example that they not only get, uh, gain strength from, um, hopefully, hopefully they, they, they look up and they, and they get uh, inspired. But most importantly, uh, some, someday I'm going to leave this earth and they need to know uh, what to look for in a person or people that they can trust. I think that's part of what uh, what the chivalry now lesson is is to you know be be the best person you can be, uh, and be that example for for others. For not not necessarily to follow if they can't, uh, but to look up to at least. Yes, yeah. Uh, they're going to learn what relationships are about, what men are from you. And uh, I just wish more men realized that and uh, took their responsibilities more seriously. Trust number six, I will honor and respect women and refute sexism in all its guises. Now, let me play devil's advocate here for a second, because I'm sure that out of the thousands and thousands of people that listen to the KOA, there's someone out there saying right now, this book is sexist. How would you respond to that? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, acqu the accusation has been made, and usually by people who have not read the book. They automatically assume that any discussion of male virtues must necessarily be sexist. They may think of chivalric courtesy as demeaning to women by suggesting that women are weak and in need of male protection. I've even heard some who view it as demeaning to men who place the needs and comfort of women ahead of their own. I see these views as wrong. 
I look at chivalry now as the counterpart of feminism. It is for men what feminism is for women, a a liberating philosophy. Having one without the other produces a cultural imbalance and lack of natural partnership. Simple as that. The assertion is that men have always enjoyed power and privileges based on the idea of gender superiority. That in itself should negate the need for a male version of feminism. Well, if you're on the wrong track, you need something to get back on it. In my opinion, for men, the goal should not focus on power and privilege, which is always the source of conflict and disunity. There is something more fundamental to be concerned about, such as how to know what it means to be a man when the culture fails to define it. How should men, as men, strive for equality for all, rather than set up roadblocks from any sense of insecurity? How can men act as better partners with women? Well, chivalry emphasizes respect for women by displays of polite cultural behavior. It also calls calls for treating everyone with genuine courtesy. And I say genuine because false courtesy can be used deceptively. It can exploit people by using a facade of interest and compassion that is only skin deep. Chivalry calls for more than that. It calls for honesty, sincerity, and integrity, which to me is what being a man is all about. While chivalry now does not condone any kind of bigotry, the Sixth Trust recognizes sexism as being particularly insidious, not just now, but throughout history. It is aimed not at the other, as many prejudices do, but at people within our own families, our mothers, our sisters, wives, and daughters. We should simply know better. While feminists do well in combating this, it is up to men to support them by rejecting sexism altogether. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it came from you, so... (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's my answer (laughs) yeah (laughs) no uh yeah i i really can't add much to that uh to me it seems pretty easy and it's easy for me because i i am the father to five uh girls it's not (laughs) i don't even have to think about it but i do see it and it does you know pardon my language piss me off and yeah, we're all people. We're all people. Yeah. Why try to separate one another? Why put someone else down? Why uh, put roadblocks to their advancement when we should be helping one another? Uh, it, it's yeah. Just, and we're, we're caught in this, this system that just doesn't make any sense. To, to a point that you made in the book that I didn't mention, having chivalry is not being macho. You know, that's a whole different thing. As if, uh, you know, the comparison to a warrior versus a fighter, that would be the same mm-hmm. kind of comparison to somebody who's macho versus somebody who's uh, chivalric, you know. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of macho men out there um, and not enough people uh, who, who understand chivalry. Well, that's the image that our entertainment industry uh, gets rich on. And yeah. it's the image that... Uh, ruins a lot of marriages and relationships and, uh, and parental guidance. I want to thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate the support 
and we appreciate your uh, comments and suggestions. Please keep those going wherever you're hearing this from. If there is a comic a comments section, uh, throw them in there or hit me up directly at uh, on the KOA page. And until next time, awaken the night within.